Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. I am excited because I'm going to walk through with you over the next several days a YouTube video that was shared with me uh, about house churches and whether and if they're superior or not to traditional churches and we're going to take there's there are several arguments that are made in this video and i'm going to link to the original video in the show notes so that you can watch it in its entirety but i'm going to show you some of the things that we've talked about in in the past and some of the flaws in the thinking that i think are represented as well as several things that i agree with and so that's what we're going to talk about over the next several days and i hope that you will stick with me as we learn to think a little bit better i hope about this topic and uh, learn some things along the way. So grab a cup of coffee and get yourself comfortable, and I'll be back in just one moment for another episode of this Poor Pastor's Podcast. Hold, please. Okay, so this video that we're going to be going through together here, and this is the first time ever, by the way, in the history of this podcast that I've done any kind of response um, podcast or response episodes to a video or a sermon, um, and maybe we'll do more of it in, in the future, but so we'll see how this goes, but I think it's going to go pretty well. This is a video that was sent to me, uh, and it, the title of the video is called 10 Reasons People Leave for leave for house church and what he means is 10 reasons people leave traditional church for house churches and the video is made by a gentleman by the name of matt dobbs or dabs i'm not sure how to pronounce that last name um but it is uh, on the channel titled revolution of ordinaries so that's uh, i guess that's pretty cool but this video is it's a little bit lengthy it's about 11 minutes long so that's not actually that much it's sometimes less than this podcast episode is. but So I don't have time to go through every single argument in one episode. So that's why we're going to break it up. And we'll do either one or two, depending upon not all the arguments. Uh, some of them I don't have any issues with. Some of them I have very few issues with. And so some take a little bit more. But I want you to pay attention and think with me here about some of these arguments. And I've addressed some of these things before. And so you're going to hear in real time how this works. Now, to be charitable, this is a video that is pro-house church, and so the audience is presumably someone who is already on board with that idea. So obviously, in an 11-minute video, you're not going to be able to give all the arguments, all the counter-arguments, and all of that that takes place in a longer video or in an entire sermon. So we're being charitable about that. Nevertheless, I do think it's important for us uh, to take the time to, to look at it because they make some arguments here that I think are are important. And so are house churches better than home churches? Again, so I'm going to go I'm going to go ahead and play for you here the very first argument that is made. I'm, I'm going to skip the introduction which is about 9 seconds in length and I'm just going to dive into the very first uh, of the arguments that this gentleman makes and we'll look at this together and uh, then hopefully uh, I'll break in and and have some things to say also along the way. So, here we go. The first argument for why people or reason why people are leaving um Traditional churches for house churches. Here we go. Yes. Here's the first one. They're absolutely biblical. And this is not a condemnation of traditional church, but it is worth noting that there are no church buildings designated for only the use of the church in the entire Bible. They okay. So a couple of things. 
First of all, it is absolutely biblical. I think it's important to recognize that having something present in the Bible does not necessarily make it, quote, biblical. For example, I, and I'm not saying this is the argument he's making, but I want you to see how this could be misused or mistaken. When someone says, well, it's absolutely biblical, um, what they generally mean is that it's absolutely the correct thing. Rather, if all he's saying is we see house churches in the New Testament, then okay, I'm good with that. But that doesn't seem to be what he's saying, because not only is it biblical, but he said there is not a single uh, building used in the entire Bible solely for the use of the church. I mean, far be it for me to point out that prior to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there weren't any New Testament churches, and in the Old Testament, there actually was a building several of them signified solely for the use of the people of God. So maybe some poor choice of words here, but that's the problem with arguments sometimes, right? Sometimes we don't say things clearly. Just because something is present in the Bible doesn't make it, quote, biblical. If I was to use that argument, I could say lying is biblical, fornication is biblical, homosexuality is biblical, because we find it in Scripture. And again, it's also an argument from silence, which is the weakest form of argument, valid though it may be, it is the weakest. What we have to ask is, why aren't there any buildings in the New Testament? I'm going to ignore the Old Testament for a moment. Why aren't there any buildings in the New Testament being used solely for the purpose of the New Testament church? And the answer to that question I've addressed in other podcasts, and there were, there were cultural reasons, there were economic reasons, there were reasons for persecu- because of persecution and the laws that existed at that time. So again, Simply to say it is absolutely biblical is actually to say nothing at all. It is, there are plenty of things we see in the New Testament that we don't do in New Testament churches today, in house churches or otherwise. So it is absolutely biblical, may not be the best argument, but let's continue. You met in homes. It's all over the epistles of Paul. It's in the book of Acts, the very first church, Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. They met daily. They were in homes, but that was... Okay, I'm going to call foul here again. This is this is a little bit uh, anachronistic and a little bit um, low resolution. It is true in Acts chapter 2, daily and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach. So they were definitely meeting in homes, but they were also meeting in the synagogue. And there were thousands of people. So there weren't any homes where thousands of people were meeting, but they were still utilizing the synagogue in Acts chapter number 2. So there is no house church pattern in the in Acts chapter number 2. Uh, and again, it's low resolution. If you're making an argument for the a case for house churches, I see where he's coming from here. But again, kind of low resolution, uh, a low resolution way of talking about what happens in Acts chapter number 2 that they went about it for over a hundred years in Christianity. In the period of their most explosive growth, they were meeting in homes. The second thing is, it's incredible. Okay, in the period of their most explosive growth, they were meeting in homes. Correlation does not equal causation. There may have been there may have been reasons why they had why the period of their most explosive growth was because they were meeting in homes, but you cannot just assume that the explosive growth came as a result of their meeting in homes. 
All right, that's, that's an error. That's a flaw. You can't just say, this is what we see. Correlation equals causation, right? So it, that, it doesn't always work that way. Um, and it, doesn't, uh, it rarely works that way. So again, it's a poor argumentation. Again, we see in the New Testament, there is no arguing in the New Testament. Most of the examples we see are people meeting in people's homes for churches. The churches were in the houses. But I believe Matt Dobbs is making the mistake here uh, of, of correlation equaling causation, and he's pulling a little bit too much to make this case. But again, this is a case for house church. So let's, um, let's, let's go on here efficient traditional legacy church oh okay I'm sorry this is uh, this is uh, argument number two let me see where I'm at on time let's take argument number two he said uh, number one it's in, it is biblical all right we see some problems with that two it is incredibly efficient he says it is efficient to meet in homes rather than in church buildings These are incredibly expensive to run you have staff expenses you have brick and mortar overhead you have maintenance you have power bills and meanwhile, it's sitting empty 90% of the time for most churches. You are giving on Sunday to fund a building that is being air-conditioned on a Tuesday at 10 a.m. with nobody around. It just doesn't make an awful lot of sense from a logistical efficiency standpoint. Nothing wrong, nothing sinful in it. It's just maybe not the best stewardship of our resources. And I'm not angry or trying to be critical of big traditional church. I think God definitely uses big traditional churches, but this is why a lot of people are leaving them as they're looking at it going, I'm giving, say I give $100 on Sunday or $1,000 on Sunday, and 80% of it is going to salary and maintenance. You know, like 5% is going to mission. Gross imbalance here that people are getting a little bit tired of, and they want to see their funds go to good use. So if you move home, you've already paid your power bill. You've already paid your mortgage. You know, we meet outside mostly with our house church, and so there is Okay, so I'm going to jump in here. Some good arguments that he's making here, but, and I hope you're able to hear that. I'll go back and look at it in, um, in, 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 in this, but here we go. Um, I just got a text message, and so now I'm off. Now I'm off. Uh, some good arguments here, and I don't completely disagree with it. I do agree that there is some inefficiency at use uh, with the buildings. I've struggled with that here. Our building sits sits empty five days out of seven, and we're looking for ways to utilize our building for the, for the edification of our community and for our congregation. However, I want to say not so fast, Mr. Matt, because many of the congregations that meet in these what you call legacy church buildings wouldn't fit in anybody in any given person's home. They would have to fit in multiple people's homes, which is a big problem as well. You have to then have leaders for those homes. You have to have people whose homes are usable for that purpose. And I don't know if you caught that, what he just said. He said, we usually meet outside at our place. Well, then that's not a house church if you're meeting outside. It's a yard church. And you say, well, Mark, you're splitting hairs. Maybe, but understand what's happening here in this argumentation. Is it more efficient to meet in a house church than in a legacy church building? If we're purely looking at dollars and cents, which is what this with this argument in this chain of arguments is, is efficiently is effectively doing, then no, it doesn't always make sense. However, it ignores the fact that it is impossible in many cases to have as large a groups of people gathered together in a single home. It also ignores the fact that it is not free for someone to have people in their homes. And it does add cost. There is maintenance and upkeep, and there is the additional use of, of the facilities and all of the things. Like my wife would think, well, what about 
toilet paper? What about hand soap? What about towels? Uh, if you're meeting, eating a meal, uh, who's washing all the dishes and where's the food coming from? So you can't get away from the expense. And if you, it, it, what if God begins to bless and the community begins to grow? What will you, what will you do then? So using our buildings more efficiently is one argument. It's not a good argument for moving to a house church. And I do not believe, I have not met anyone. There may be some out there. I have no reason to doubt this gentleman. There may be people out there, but people that are leaving uh, big churches for house churches, I've never heard this argument as being important, but it's one of the 10 that are listed here. Let me see if he has anything else to say on this argument. There's no bill to do that. And you can start a house church incredibly easy. Like you could actually start a house church like this Sunday, whereas with a big church, raising funds, getting an architect, buying land, building the building, raising more funds, finding staff, six months worth of hiring processes per staff member. So you can see how much more nimble the house church is than the big church and people are moving there and it's happening rather quickly. The third. Okay. So that's the end of the second argument. And we're going to end there today. Again, does it take more work to start a, a legacy church? Yeah, absolutely. He listed all of those things very, very well. Can you start a house church this weekend? The answer to that is probably no. Not without it also work and effort and, and, and energy and expense. It also ignores the fact that not everyone can effectively start a church in their house in every area. So, again, what I think the problem here is, so far, these, neither of these two arguments really, in my estimation, are a good reason for leaving a traditional church gathering for a house church. House churches are are valuable. I actually like a lot of what I hear coming out of the house church movement, but these two arguments, it is not biblical in the sense that it is the New Testament pattern. There are reasons we see things happening. So the biblical argument, I think, fails. Secondly, the argument that it is more efficient, it depends upon what you're trying to accomplish. Yes, you can conceivably start a house church much more quickly, but as anybody who has one will tell you, it's not always easy to use your house for that as Mr. Da- Mr. Dabs or Dobbs here already admitted, they usually meet outside, not inside of their building because houses aren't built the same way as church buildings are. And so the use of them is going to be significantly different. All right. So tomorrow we will talk about this a little bit more and we'll go through uh, uh, argument number three, maybe argument number four as we have the time. Just trying to think uh, well through this thing. Again, I have nothing against this gentleman or his or his video, but it was sent to me by someone who said, look at this, this is really good argumentation. And I thought, not so much. But uh, hopefully you find this enjoyable and educational. Go and look at the link. I encourage you to watch the video in its entirety, including the ads that will pop up from time to time as it happened here in this episode. But anyway, I'll see you guys tomorrow for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to this journey with you. Talk to you next time.